Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Poo Boy is down with us. Toddy B and Spade, they're down with us My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum My name is Dre, listen while I play And by the way, I'm also down with NWA Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us Slangin' funky tapes, it is a must We're number one Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 64, with the podcast that slaps your crotch, your fat ass, or the fat dick. And uh, before I introduce my special guest today, uh, let me go ahead and give you an update. Our mixtape CDs will be picked up tomorrow, and they will be available hopefully tomorrow evening. All eight mixtapes will be available, and I'll be re-releasing my first scandalous album that I produced for High C, I'm Not Your Puppet, Sitting in the Park, etc. I'm re-releasing that with three extra songs. And uh, once again, the Rodeo Mixtape Documentary, if you haven't seen it, you can go to documentary.com and get a 20% discount using the promo code TRMD20, TRMD20. And uh, if you have not given, or if you have given, once again, just a reminder, you can go to uh, and donate Chicano uh, Rap Documentary uh, GoFundMe. You can either go to my IG um uh, bio and click on there my facebook bio and click on there or you can click on the uh, description on this um, video and you would uh take it straight to the gofundme so if you haven't given cool if you have you know what thank you you know and for those that have continued to support rhodium radio thank you very much and i have a special shout out uh goes out from someone wanting me to shout out a special person tiffany vela or via if I butcher your name, I'm sorry, but Tiffany Vela, once again, a special shout out from someone who supports Rodian Radio. And if you guys support us, we support you. Much love and much respect. But you know, you know what? You guys don't want to hear me talk. Uh, let me go ahead and introduce my special guest today. So this is a man that needs absolutely no introduction. Uh, without further ado, please allow me to introduce Noel G. What up, what up, man? How you doing, brother? I'm chilling, dog. You good? Yes, sir. That's right. That's what's up. You know what? No you, other way to be that good. Exactly. You know, when you got here, you started looking at some of my Star Wars stuff, and then right, you right. tell me you're yeah. a collector. Yeah, yeah, I collect Star Wars, man. I kind of geek out on that stuff. I got Star Wars Legos. I got Star Wars figures. I got I got Star Wars, all kinds of stuff, man. So I just tripped out when I saw it. I was like, well, I thought I, thought I pulled a U-turn and came right back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, like, like, what are the top of what are the top of toys? If you don't mind me asking, do you? No, like? no, I collect I collect it all, man. Not sex toys, just so we're clear. <laughs> but uh, no, I collect uh, Star Wars, uh, Terminator, Back to the Future. Um, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, like just all the favorite movies that I liked growing up as a kid, you know? Right. But um, yeah, I just, I became a collector. The, the way it started was it was kind of a trip. So I had a Lego set and this Lego set that I had when I was young and I'll keep it real short and cut out the fat. 
I always said I was going to open up this Lego set when I get posted in a home because I was homeless at the time and I was running around from, you know, home to home to home. But as I got older, the only thing I took care of was this Lego set. But long story short, what ended up happening was I never got to open up the Lego set because as I got older, I care about toys. I got it when I was young. You feel me? Right. So I was like, I'm going to get rid of this Lego set. But I remember the incident with the Garbage Belt Kids. I was going to tell you that story later. But I, I, the, the short story of the Garbage Belt Kids is at the time I needed money and I always kept everything fresh. So I had the Garbage Belt Kids in a box and I was going to sell my Garbage Belt Kids. And I never forget, I just needed money real bad. But all of them were mint condition. I had one through nine series of Garbage Belt Kids and each card was in its own card protector. That's how much I took care of everything that I had, right? And uh, long story short, I sold all the Garbage Belt Kids from number one series to nine series, all fully collected for 200 bucks. Wow. Because back then I needed the money. But I found out later I could have got like a thousand or a thousand five hundred for that. You feel me? Right. But I didn't know that at the time. I was a little kid at the time and I did 200 bucks. I was like, oh my God, what 200 bucks? Right. I just needed the money. So when that happened, you know, you live and learn. I had this Lego set and the Lego set that I bought at the time was a hundred dollar Lego set. It was one of the big castle ones. And so I was going from like house to house to house. And I just never got a chance to really be posted up to set it up. Right. So long story short, I had the Lego set. And as I got older, I don't care about toys no more. I'm like, whatever, dog. I'm going to get rid of this thing. But I remember the Garbage Pail Kid situation. So I said, hold up. I said, maybe this Lego set is worth something. So when I looked into it, the Lego set at the time when I bought it was 100 bucks. But fast forward, after having it for so many years, it was worth like about $800, $900, wow. somewhere in there, right? And I was like, damn, there's money in these toys. <laughs> so long story short, that's how I became a toy collector. That, wow. That's how it hit me. And I started finding So it happened kind of on accident, right. just in the need for money at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so ever since then, I just started, you know, finding out more about toys and how much they're worth and what. And it's crazy what people buy these things for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I trip yeah. out like people buying these toys. Like, you know, if we had some of our Star Wars toys. Yes. Dog, for when I was a kid, homie, and got him in KB Toy Store at Toys R Us. Right. Oh, man. You know, a toy you could buy for $2 at that time is now worth 50000 Exactly. Or $100,000 if you had it brand new in the package. It's so sick. <laughs> like, dog, but you know, anyways, man. So that's the that's the toy story. There's a little bit about me right there. So. Awesome. Awesome. You, yeah. you know, And I'm glad you shared that, man, because I'm a huge toy collector. I don't have as much anymore, but... I'm a huge toy collector, also a sports car collector. I like going into antique bookstores, all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, um, now, let me ask you this. You being in the music, in, uh, what, the music, the movie industry. You were giving me a multiple choice, bro. I'm right. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Did um, you collect any movie props at all? You know, that's one thing where I messed up, man. I never collected movie props. You know, it's like, you know, we when I started, man, you got to remember social media wasn't back then and all that. And I didn't know about all that stuff, you know, the movie prop thing or whatever. And, oh, man, I kicked myself in the butt to this day. Like, right. I, I was never much of a picture person. You know, there's some great moments I missed and, and I only got them locked up here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. I, I don't got no photographs, no video. No, you remember the camcorder was like a damn brick. It was like that Thor right there. Okay. That Thor. Yeah. So I was like, um, but nah, I never kept any. But what I did start doing is I found out about the, I did start collecting props 
from some of the movies that I do now. So I got some props from uh, Fast and the Furious Part 7. Okay. Kept some from there. Um, you know, I got a script from some of my movies now and TV shows signed and some posters signed. And that's about it, though, man. But the props, it's it's become a little bit less, you know. Unless the movie really takes off and becomes a saga or something like that, it's not right. worth keeping the props. You right. know what I mean? You know, like it really has to be a popular movie and well loved to make the prop worth it to keep or want to sell later. Just keep it for yourself, you know. Absolutely. Uh, there was one thing that I wanted to tell you when we finally booked this date. Yeah. There was one thing I was fucking dying. Not to like tell a you. real date. He means like date as in like March 14th. Right. March 15th. Yeah. Like right. There's no broke back gangsters here, dog. So, but go ahead, G. I love I'm playing. Humor, I'm man. playing. Dog. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to tell you, bro, that I was. I'm jealous of you, and I'm gonna tell you why I'm jealous of you. That's a bad way to start a relationship, homie. You I know. know jealousy don't get you nowhere I, in this world. I, I know, I know it. it I starts know. fights and domestic I, violence and all kinds of but shit. But I'm nah, confessing life. Uh, <laughs> I told my brother this. I gotta tell him this. He goes, "Go ahead and tell nah, him." Go ahead. What's up? Let me hear. That you met. Now you got me curious. Shit. What's up? <laughs> that you met Clean Eastwood before I did. Oh. <laughs> I love Clint Eastwood, man. Yeah, dog. Yeah, cool cat, man. Um, oh, what can I tell you about Clint, man? Um, you know, he... Oh, this is one thing I could tell you about Clint. This was crazy. So... Please, share. I've been in the business 30 years, and never in my life have I been on a movie set where they do movies with sign language, meaning, like, they don't yell, cut, action... None of that stuff. And the reason why, and I asked Clint, because we it was weird to me. I've never, ever been on a movie set where they never yelled cut, action, and rolling, and all this different stuff or whatever, check the gate, whatever, right? And it was crazy because I told Clint, I was like, why do you do it? Like, I'm just curious, you know? And he said, when you're on a set where people are not yelling at each other, he goes, you never, ever work on a more peaceful set. So he, he was saying the silence is what brings peace because people feel disrespected when they're yelled at sometimes and things like that. So, I mean, this guy is a legend, homie. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. Like he was making movies before I was born, during my life and, <laughs> you know, still going, right? He's like the Energizer Bunny for real. But long story short, um, that that's the only story I really got on Clint, man. I tell you one story. So my homeboy worked on Warner Brothers. Okay. And they gave Clint his own area in Warner Brothers for free. So his own office building and everything because wow. he has that much respect and that much pull, right? Yes. And there's a parking spot that's Clint Eastwood's parking spot. And you don't park in that spot. Like, you know better. Long story short, there was a car that parked in that spot and Clint went over there and broke all the windows. No shit. Yeah, just to show people, like, you don't park in my parking spot. Like, that's my spot. You don't park there except me and Clint only. Damn. Yeah, so Clint don't play, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Clint the real deal, Holyfield. You know what I mean? Damn. You, you know, it's funny because... But cool cat. You know, real life, like, when I met him, I'm saying from personal yeah. knowing him. Like, not personal knowing, I take that back, but personal meeting him and working on one of his movies, working with the legend. Yeah. That's definitely a bucket list item right there. You know what I'm saying? Awesome, so getting man. to work with Clint was was really cool man and and then you know i got like 10 15 pictures with them are you hurting yet i'm trying to get you here no, i'm playing <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing no. I, i'm dying over but here no, i'm playing I'm, and then i did go to his house for dinner too and then that was not playing i'm playing i'm playing. <laughs> no but clint's cool man cool cat bro and i'm glad i got to work with the legend you know so you know what's funny i'm watching the movie by the way people that may not know what movie this is the mule fucking dope ass fucking movie i've always been a clint uh, Eastwood fan, so, you know, since day one. So, I, actually, when my father played me The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, okay, and then I saw all his westerns, you know, right, 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 from Heartbreak Ridge to Pale Rider to 
fuck, uh, you you name it, Mystic Rivers, everything. Right. So Clint, I guess he's over here, fucking, um, you know, getting his money from the glove compartment, and then here here you come, and I'm like, holy shit, he's in the movie. And bro, I was like, damn, you know, it's funny because, um, uh, like I was just like, fuck. I think every cholo actor who's a cholo actor in Hollywood was in that movie. <laughs> Seriously, like every cholo actor that was, yeah, I was like tripping out. Wow, man. it was like a reunion at the premiere, dog. It was crazy. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, now, um, where were you raised at for people that are curious, man? Like what neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's cool. I was raised in Orange County. Okay. And then when the acting kicked off, I moved to LA for acting. And okay. then, um, so I lived in Orange County till I was about maybe 15, 16. Okay. And then acting kicked off. And then I moved to LA, lived in LA for like 20 years. And then I just came back to Orange County. Okay. So I'm homegrown, man. I'm from, you know, the area right here. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. OC. Uh, uh, growing up in the OC, you play any sports or anything, man? Um, yeah, my mom put me in baseball, soccer. I, you know, I, I had a good life, man. Up to the age of 13 years old, I had a good life. Like my mom, uh, I was like a normal kid. Like I didn't grow up struggling. I grew up in a middle-class home all the way up to the age of 13. I had a home. I had, you know, toys in my room, clothes in my closet, food on the table. Like everything was straight. So I was in sports. I was involved. Um, you know, we were a middle-class family. We were cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, you know, I'm just waiting for the questions to come because I could go on and on of what happened <laughs> after and blah, blah. But I just, you know, I try to take, take it at your pace. All good, man. And, and a lot of brothers Because I'll sisters. just talk and I won't shut up. Bro. No, I love it. I yeah, love it, bro. Uh, yeah. You know, Mexicans, don't we like gremlins, dog? You throw water on us and five more pop out. You know what I mean? But I'm the only Mexican with no family, dog. So I got no brothers, no sisters. Um, my parents were the only two to move to California to start a living. So I never in my life met my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family. So I literally have no brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, nephew, uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa. I got no family. So that that's pretty much my story right there. Wow. Just, yeah, it was just me, my mom, my dad, and now my daughter. And that's it. So, yeah. You know, it's funny. My dad, okay, used to work at a taller. Uh, he used to work at a body shop fixing cars. Uh, and since you said middle class family. I used to steal cars, but he used oh, to okay. fix okay, Yeah, he, he used to Go fix ahead. Uh, I think we could have been fucking middle class if my dad didn't have 10 kids. <laughs> I remember one time. And you we were a about, true Latino family. Yes. 10 kids in a two bedroom house. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and with cousins that would come over. All right. One day he showed me his check and I, I was in elementary school and back, it was between eight or $900. Uh -huh. I'm talking about in the seventies. Right, right. That's and, a lot of money back then. Yeah, a lot of money back then. And that, that was when one parent could work and provide for everybody. Right, right, right. So now, now it's getting yeah, like Yeah, yeah. It's a whole different story yeah. now. So at what age would you say that, um, the acting kicked in? Like what inspired, what, what you know? So, all right. So let's jump into it. So here's, here's the deal. Um, up to the age of 13, I lived cool. I was in a middle-class home, like I said, whatever, whatever. But my dad was a miserable guy. So I'm Mexican-Italian. My dad's Italian, my mom's Mexican. And my dad, he was just a miserable, his life was work television, work television, hated life. He was the type of guy where if you didn't sweat for your money, you didn't make real money. Just a real Italian, it's just the way he was, right? Yeah. He was a hard worker and that's why. And um, he just hated his life, man. He was just always miserable and just not a very nice dad. He was stingy with his money. It was my mom who was a house cleaning lady and she would work so she can buy clothes and put me in, you know, some of the sports and other activities that I would do or whatever at the time. But long story short, my dad had a millionaire best friend out of his company that he knew. 
And his hobby on the side was he was a scuba diver and a fisherman. He was part of a boat club. And I kid you not, as fairy tale as this sounds, no made up story, no Disneyland story, no nothing, a straight up truth. The guy who my dad knew out of his business, who was a millionaire, asked my dad one time, do you want to go sailing around the world with me on this boat? But if you come with me, you can't bring your kid with you. And he was a multimillionaire. He owned a yacht. Wow. So one day my dad came home, I kid you not, to a 13-year-old kid. And he just said, I'm leaving. And within two weeks, they sold the house. They put everything in storage. And my parents left. And my dad gave me $500 to a 13-year-old kid. Within a two-week time frame, I went from a middle-class home, clothes in my closet, toys in my room, food on the table, to nothing but the clothes on my back, $500 in my pocket, alone in the streets with no family to call. And that's how quick my world turned around. I used to remember sneaking back into my house when it had a for sale sign on it because I knew how to get in there. A house that was once furnished, I used to sneak in through the bathroom window or the sliding glass door. I used to push it up and slide it. Sleeping in a house with nothing but carpet that was once furnished. And the reason why I found out I had to get out of that house is because I was doing that for about three months. And one day I went in there and there was a phone connected in the kitchen. So I went to the phone, I picked it up and there was a dial tone. And right then and there I realized, ah shit, my journey begins. But at the time I was going to a continuation school because I got into a lot of trouble. So that's where I used to hang out with the gangsters, the wrong crowd. And then for two years I was homeless. So I was sleeping in laundromats, donut stores, um, did the couch tour. But you know the deal, man. You know what's up. If you're not paying the bills at someone's house, your welcome is going to run out eventually. So at 15, I meet this girl. And one day she asked me this question. She said, how come you always wear the same clothes and I never seen where you live? And I ain't going to front, man. I, I'm being straight up. Man, I was 15. I started crying. I broke down. I told her I'm homeless. My parents left me. I don't know what to do. Her dad was a pastor for a church. So he heard my story and he said, check it out, man. He said, you can move in here, but if you live in this house, we serve God and you got to hear the word of God. And he goes, those are the conditions of living here. Man, I said, homie, shit, I live anywhere, bro. I just want a place to live. You know what I mean? I go, I see homeboy could have been a Muslim. I would have said, let's roll. Let's roll. So I was living in this house and um, the girl that I was living with, it was her dream to be an actress and a model. I never thought about acting a day in my life, bro. It never even crossed my mind. I was some hoodlum kid. Like, you know, I never ever in my life thought I could be on TV. Like, what are you talking about, right? Right. And long story short, one day she asked me to go to an acting class with her. And so I went with her to this acting class. And the reason why I went with her to the acting class is because I always thought that if I get her upset, I thought she'd have daddy come kick me out of the pad. And I thought she'd be like, you know, dad, get this. So I always did whatever I had to do to keep her happy. So one day I go to this acting class with her. Right place, right time. Never thought about acting a day of my damn life. Never even crossed my mind. Right place, right time. I was sitting in class. There was a producer who was sitting in class that day. It was scouting talent. Comes up to me and he goes, man, you're kind of funny. He goes, you want to be on a Taco Bell commercial? And I was like, I thought he was on some bullshit. I gave him my number, like whatever, whatever, right? Right. It ended up being real. Two weeks later, I end up in a Taco Bell commercial. Um, never thought about acting a day of my life. Did a Taco Bell commercial at the age of 15 years old. It was the first thing I ever did. And at that time, I was ignorant to residual income. Yes. I didn't know about residual income. I thought it was like real work where you got to work to get paid, work to get paid, work to get paid, right? So I ended up doing this uh, commercial. 
And every time they showed the commercial, I got a check. And I thought it was like a computer fuck up. I didn't know like this is how you legit get paid, right? Right, right. So long story short, I was like, damn, why I keep on getting paid for this commercial? So I called up the producer and I said, why I keep on getting paid for this commercial? And he goes, oh, that's how actors get paid. I said, what? I said, well, shit, I want to be an actor. And that's how the acting got started. So he introduced me to a manager. I met this manager guy. I just came in like this. I didn't know what I was doing. I just came in to interview. He liked me. He was, man, I like you. You got a good personality, whatever. He goes, I'm going to um, see what I could do for you. He starts sending me out on interviews, but everything he sent me out on was Gangster 1, Cholo 2, Trigger. I was like, what the fuck? I thought I was here to act. You know what I'm saying? It's me in real life. And that's how I started getting parts. And that's how the acting career started. So I've only been to college once to drop somebody off. Never graduated high school. And I just got lucky, bro. I used to dream about going to college and high school when I was asleep. So, yeah. Hey, dog, at least you dreamt about it, man. <laughs> so, oh, man, you know what, bro? Wow, that, that was fucking amazing right there. I was never definitely yeah, That story that. is all over YouTube, by the way, too, just so you know, that's all over the place. But, so you, you know, stole that story. Uh, yeah, I money. stole that story from another guy named Noel G who stole it from this other guy named Hector. And then I just said, I'm going to tell that story today. It sounds good. That's awesome, man. I'm yeah. glad you shared it here, man. But no, I'm just saying, though, it's been shared a thousand times, you know, but I, I just let you know, so. But yeah. Well, you know what's funny? I did my homework and I was trying to find interviews and I couldn't find, uh, I think I found like one and one of them was my boy, Big Cedric. Oh, yeah, Big Cedric. Yeah, that's my boy right there. And there was that's another one. I think it was like at a radio station, but I, I didn't find anything uh, close to that. So <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, that's so, crazy. That's crazy. So now, you did that. Now, how old were you when you did that again? 15, you said? 15 when I did my first, uh, 15 when I did my first commercial for uh, Taco Bell. It was the first thing I ever did in my life was a Taco Bell commercial. Well, and is that still available on YouTube? No, I looked for it, man. I tried to find it. I tried to search for it. This is 30 years ago, 30 something years ago. Like, nah, it's, I can't even find it, bro. And it was funny. I played a little, I played like a little surfer boy. It was for the new Superfish Tacos. Uh -huh. So I was like a beach bum type guy. So that's, that's Super what I was. Fish tacos from Taco Bell? Yeah, back then at the days. Yeah, they tried them out, and I don't think they made it, but yeah. they had them at the time. Yeah, Super Fish Tacos. Did you try it? Huh? I, I honestly didn't even try one, bro. I never went to Taco Bell and tried one. I was never a fan of Taco Bell. So so what happened after? Like, what was your next move? On, uh, I'll eat it if it's there, but I'm not a diehard fan. Bro. I was more McDonald's, you know? That'll work. Uh, so after Because you get the toy in the Happy Meal, bro. So, you know. Go Did ahead. you keep that toy? <laughs> I got some of them still to this day, un unwrapped. So, so your next role was Cholo 1, Cholo 2, Cholo... Uh, yeah. What, what movies were those or what uh, So roles? it took me eight years to get my first movie. Um, it was no walk in the park. It was no duck walk. You know, it, it took me a long time to get my first movie. What I was doing at first was a bunch of industrials. So what I used to do is like, say you get hired for a hospital. And you have to watch the training video of how to deal with a with a patient of okay. who's sick. I would do stuff like that. I was uh, doing videos for like Walmart. So like, you know, if you get caught stealing in Walmart, if you're a security guard, this is the proper procedure to do to catch someone stealing in Walmart. So I started building this reputation of like the fuck up guy. And so I was doing a lot of industrial stuff at first. And, and that's what they're called industrial. So I was doing like commercials uh -huh. and orientation videos for big companies at the time. Okay. And they and they were paying, man. You know, at that time, they were paying like 1500 a day, 2000 a day. You know, and this is I'm, I'm like 16, 17, you know, making this type of money right there. And back then, 
you know, a thousand a day was was some serious money, bro. Yeah. Like a hundred dollars would last me a month. You feel what I'm saying? Because yeah. this is when you could fill up your tank for five bucks or ten dollars. Yeah. You remember them days, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a hundred dollars you could stretch. Now, um, now you spend a thousand in a day. Bro. Yeah. The, uh, and the girl, did she get any roles? The girl you nah, wanted? the girl that's ended up being a dead deal right there. You know, she became the mom to my first kid. That's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so after that, how long was it before you decided? move out did you make enough money to yeah yeah i no i i not yet you know um my first movie was big man it was kind of funny and it didn't go anywhere it was with uh danny trejo eva okay. longoria before she became eva longoria she played a chola chick in my movie uh -huh. i still got it to I, I even have it on vhs to this day no it's shit. called no mother's crying no baby's dying we shot it out there in um i want to say Pacuema. Okay. That's where we shot it out there on San Fernando Boulevard or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Ice-T did the soundtrack for it. Like, I thought, like, it was going somewhere, you know what I right, mean? Right. It got some, some cats up in here, right? And uh, it ended up not going anywhere, you know? But uh, made a nice little check on that. But I worked nine to five jobs all up until Fast and the Furious. Really? Uh, Fast and the Furious is where I've been blessed to make a living off of nothing but acting the rest of my life. But up to Fast and the Furious, I worked at Olive Garden, Denny's, Toys R Us, Kmart, uh, Burger King. I delivered pizzas for a company at one time. It's an independent company. Um, I, I did it all, bro. I had all kinds of Olive Garden. Uh, I worked at all kinds of nine to five places. See, now people that are probably watching, they are probably surprised hearing this because they probably think that you've been walking the red carpet since day one. Nah, you got a life before that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... I, uh, it's, you know, and it's funny too, cause you see some people who pop up out of nowhere and they just think like, oh, what? Nah, it's like, man, they're 23 and they just made it. They had a life before that. There's, right, there's right. a struggle involved. You know what I mean? But so, so when you were working these jobs and doing these little uh, cameos, if you will, with these industrial, yeah. uh, I was doing some TV shows and stuff like that, like, but nothing popped off. It was Fast and the Furious that started the real roller coaster. Okay. And, uh, uh, with the few minutes that we have left, share what's mm -hmm. the story, how, how did, did it lead up to you being in that Fast and the Furious? So let, let me back up just two seconds. Let me just tell you where I noticed my life changed, Take right? And this is, this is funny, bro. So I was going to the same bank for years when I was working my nine to five jobs, cashing my little $200, $300 checks, right? For years. This is how I knew my life changed, man. I always share this story because I never forget it like it was yesterday. I go into the bank, the same bank I've been going to for years. And all of a sudden I'm depositing the Fast and the Furious check. And I never forget it. I go up to the window and the girl goes, oh, do you have a financial advisor? And I said, no. She goes, you're depositing a lot of money today. She goes, you should really talk to a financial advisor. She goes, if you could just sit in the back table. And I said, okay, cool, cool. So I go to the back table. All of a sudden, the bank manager comes over. Hey, I'd like to introduce myself, Noel. You know, thank you for banking with us. And then this other guy comes over. I meet like four different people, right? I let them give me their whole spill. They all fucking talk to me about how to invest my money, what I should and shouldn't do, and blah, 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 right? And I remember I let them all talk. And I go, all you motherfuckers are funny. I go, I've been coming to this bank for years and all of a sudden I'm depositing a fat check and now all of you guys want to come out the woodworks and introduce yourself? I go, fuck all y'all, man. Just deposit my shit and I'm out. I go, if you guys would have done that when I've been coming here for years depositing my small checks, I go, then maybe I might have fucked with you. 
But I go, you guys want to come in when I'm depositing a big check? Now all of a sudden I'm important? I go, that was the day I seen how real life works. And I was like, that's fucking funny. So that was the day that I realized, like, some shit's happening. You know what I mean? I never forget that. And um, that's a true story, man. That's just, I can't even make that shit up. But that was just kind of crazy to me because... It just showed me how fake people were, you know, and like how like if they would if they would have gave you that hospitality before, right, right, and then you become rich and it's still the same hospitality, right? Then let let let's let's play. But right. if it's all of a sudden when I'm rich and now the hospitality has amplified on a whole other level, you know, fuck you. I see what it is. So, anyways, but the way it got to Fast and Furious was I got this call from my manager and the description because what happens is your managers and agents get a breakdown sheet. And they tell you what, what movie it is. And it, it clearly said, you know, um, Mexican from the streets, uh, you know, shaved head, uh, guy from 20 to 25 street racer type, a uh, street type, you know, like that. So my manager looked at the description and said, Oh, well, Noel G is perfect for this. So she sent me into the interview and, uh, I went into the interview. And uh, long story short, man, I just started off with some with some street shit and just started talking to him hood. And the thing that made me different is this is what I knew. When I went to the audition and you got to understand this, when you go to an audition, you walk into a room where there's going to be 50 people who look like you trying out for the same part. Yes. So you got to find, but they're only giving the part to one person and one person only. So you got to figure out how to win the race on that. You know, you got to figure out like, you know, what am I going to do to be different from everyone else? Yeah. And it hit me when I was in there. I said, every single person in here is going to be polite. Every guy in here is going to walk in polite because when they walk into the room, it's like, you're the guy who can give me the part in Fast and the Furious. So, of course, they're going to walk in and just be like, hey, how you doing, man? Nice to meet you. And how you, you know what I mean? And so I thought and I thought and I thought and I said, I know what I'm going to do to stand out. I'm going to come in hood. I'm going to just come in with a rugged attitude and just come in hood. So I just walked in like, you know, what's up? What's up? And they were like, man, we liked you, man. Like, and then they had me read the role a couple times. I was in there about 20 minutes and I never forget, man, I left. I didn't even make it to my car yet. And my manager called me up and they're like, I don't know what you did in that room, but they like you. And I was like, cool. And they're like, they already have you on hold for the part. I'm like, man, wow. I'll cancel a funeral. I'll cancel a wedding, man. I'm like, shit, I'll, I'll be there if I get the part, you know. And long story short, man, I got the part. And the thing that was funny about Fast and the Furious was when we did the movie, um, it was it was really like an independent movie at the time. No one was a star yet. That's okay. what... Here's go what ahead. I want to do. Here's, no, what, go ahead, go here's ahead. what I need to do. We need to press pause right there. I am mad at you, dog. We we'll get intermissions in an interview. I we're, love this shit. We're going to do get an intermission real quick. Go ahead. Because now. I want to save that juicy shit when you come back. Is that All right, cool? go ahead. I love it, bro. Thank you. I know people are probably pissed off. Why the fuck you That's cut them off? That's the first interview with commercials. Damn, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody, once again, uh, call somebody, text somebody, pay somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Noel G's <laughs> in the motherfucking building and we'll be back with the Fast and the Furious story, my friend. So 10 minutes to go take a shit, go grab a Modelo and come right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 64 with the podcast that slaps you across your fat ass with a fat dick. You're back now at the Jack Off Hour, and this is Tony A, the Wizard, on Rodium Radio, and we'll be back. We are back with Noel G in the motherfucking building. How you doing, brother? What up, what up, G? Chilling, chilling, dog. I'm doing my behind the scenes right here. <laughs> you know how that, you know how that go. 
Before I um, rudely interrupted you. No, I ain't tripping. Um, you were sharing I, that's this. Late. I get it. Like, sometimes you got to interrupt when you, I get it. Oh, like, good, you got to, yeah, I understand. So you were going to share with the, I don't even trip off of that stuff when people interrupt. Like, feelings. I'm not about, I'm not, I, but go, what were you saying? <laughs> no, man. Uh, no, because enough's enough, bro. I get it. We're adults here, you know, so we don't the interrupt. The Fast and the Furious story. I'm playing. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go ahead. Only I'm funny to myself. I'm sorry. All right, no, no, for real, for real. What were you saying, though? Because I didn't catch it. I know we were on Fast and the Furious, and then what? The I'm Fast listening this time. The promise. Fast and the Furious story. Yeah. Oh, so long story short, it was an independent movie. And, um, you know, nobody was really known at that time. Like, some people were known, but not known, known like they are now or whatever. That's kind of like the, the, the movie that sprinted everyone forward. You know, it was kind of the liftoff or whatever. And, um, yeah, long story short, man, it was just, it was, it was awesome to be a part of something that turned out so crazy. You know what I mean? And what was cool about that movie, it was one of the first movies ever, if you guys noticed, to bring all the races together. Yeah. So there was white, black, Mexican, and Asian actually up in that flick. And, um, you know, it was a multicultural movie. So it was, it just, it made a lot of noise and people loved it. And it was, you know, bigger than what we thought it was going to be. Um, we had fun doing it, man. I remember it was like getting paid to party when we were doing the, the movie. It was kind of crazy. Like, but, um, yeah, bro, to be a part of that and then to be called back to part seven, I was like, what? You got the right number? Uh, you know, making sure you got the right number or whatever. But, you know, that was hella cool. So to be a part of a, you know, popular, that movie, this is how crazy that movie is. So every studio has a movie and a franchise that has made the most money for the studio. So, for example, Warner Brothers, Harry Potter. No movie that Warner Brothers has ever done in their life has made more money for them than Harry Potter. Universal, it's Fast and the Furious. Wow. Universal is the most money ever made for Universal. So, no other movie that Universal Studios has done has made more money than the Fast and the Furious saga. Wow. And I can't even get a free ticket to Universal Studios. You believe that shit? I love going to Universal Studios. I love Universal Studios, bro. You and me both. I remember the A-Team van when you got to pick it up and the shark and Knight Rider. And <laughs> Come on, G. I got the pictures, homie. That shit is hard, bro. So, so let's go back to the first Fast That's and the Furious. That's the dork side of us, you know? Did, did, did you... Um, any stories you want to share on being on the set, hanging out with those guys, with Paul Washer? Whoever? You know, you know, it's funny, man. I get that question a lot just to keep it real and respectfully. And it's kind of funny because when you're on the set, bro, and you're working with them, they're just normal people like everybody right. else, man. And when we're on set, we're talking about normal shit like what me and you were talking about right now. You know what I mean? So there's never really like a like a story per se. Right. It's just it's just the unbelievable part of, uh, I guess, getting to meet them and working with them. And, you know, it's just kind of funny, like you start to do a movie here and a movie there and a movie there and you start realizing like, you know, another legend that I got to work with, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story because I thought I was never going to be starstruck, right? Okay. Because at first when I started, I ain't going to front, I ain't going to lie, like at first when I started, I couldn't believe I was in a movie with Denzel Washington. I'm like, I was sitting there like, like, do I really deserve to be on this set? Like, what just happened in my life? Like, what's going on? Like, I had all those questions running through, right? But fast forward, as you start to do it so much, um, it just becomes life to you. And life is life, you feel me? So what ended up happening was I was like, I was getting over a little bit of the starstruckness, you know, of like, I can't believe I'm here. Because it just started becoming normal, you know, being in it so long it just it just started being like oh i'm going back to work i'm going back to my job you know 
Um, and it's a fun, exciting job. Don't get it twisted and very exciting to be, you know, a part of something like that because it's always a different place and a different spot with new people. So that I love that side of it. You know, we travel a lot, whatever. But my point, fast forward, is I was like, I don't get starstruck no more because I just don't. But recently, I did get a little starstruck. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I worked with the legend, bro. I got to do a movie with Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Really? Yeah, it's called Dragged Across Concrete. And it's out right now. It's in circulation. And um, I ain't going to lie, homie. When I saw Mel Gibson, I'm a fan of Vince Vaughn. I love Vince too, bro. Don't get it twisted. Um, but when I worked with Mel, bro, like, I, dude, I couldn't talk. I just, I just kept on staring at him because I couldn't believe I was working with this cat. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. so that's probably it. But other than that, um, everything else has been normal. Like, there's really no stories to share other than just chopping it up with people on normal conversation you know right no i i get it i and i believe me i understand that because when i was 22 and we started to tour uh djing for quick second to none amg high c and we would all go on the road uh we ran into mike tyson at a club oh yeah and, mikey and now i'll be honest with you about time shit. Uh, yeah exactly um just... i see mike tyson coming towards us now this is in his prime and they had just barely went live with uh, him supposedly raping that girl, okay? Wow. And he is fucking huge. You know, it's like wide, you know? And I see him coming towards me. He has the gold tooth, and he has that little slice on on, on his head, uh, his hair. And I see him, and he's shaking everybody's hand. He's shaking everybody's hand. And now it's my turn. He sees me. He goes, what's up? And I shake his hand, but he was just fucking humongous. I think that dude won fights just by staring people down at the weigh-in or something. He did. You saw the documentary? No. Which one? I see oh, several. Gotta, oh, you got to watch the documentary on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Mike Tyson, he had one of the biggest psychological ways to win fights. So he said right when he locked eyes with his opponent, uh, when they were about to fight, he would never take his eyes off of him first. And he knew that if his opponent went like this, he's mad-dogging him. And if his opponent went like this, he already knew I had him. This guy lost. Yeah. And he says that in his documentary. It's on that. It's pretty crazy, man. It's actually a good, a good I'm gonna thing. I'm going to have to see that one. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's, it's That's clean. not the one where he's performing, where he has the screens and everything? Is that the no, one? no, 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 no. Okay. I went and saw his live show at in Vegas or whatever. I'd like and I'd be, I'd be real, man. I couldn't understand the dude. I, I'm a Mike Tyson fan, bro. I love that cat, bro. I, I love him to death. You know, I seen right. his documentary. I just, I just couldn't understand him. Yeah, you know, and people were always asking me, uh, "You didn't get his autograph?" But you know what? I saw. Him I did a video time. with Mike Tyson, bro. Really? Yeah, I did. I did the Puff Boy Bad uh, Bad Boy video. Okay. So I was there when Ice Cube was there. Mike Tyson was there. Uh, Shaq was there, and I was representing for the Latinos right there. And uh, even though my part didn't make it in the damn video, but uh, I was doing a lot of videos at the time. I was I was in the Dr. Dre video, Guilty Conscience. I don't know if okay. you remember Dr. Dre and Slim Shady. Yeah. Remember Meet Eddie, 23 years old, fed up with life and the way things are. He decides to rob a liquor store. I was Eddie in the video and they come out of my body and start rapping. Oh, shit. Yeah, bro. So I did a lot of music videos back then, bro. So awesome. I was I was there at the bad boy joint. We filmed that in the back of Universal Studios right there where they had the um, Eva Longoria, the Desperate Housewives uh, thing. Uh -huh. That's where we filmed it at. And uh, anyways, man, they cut my part out, man. Pissed off about that. Still got the check, though. 
Oh, wow. Uh, how did you get the part for training day? Was that something you could just got a call? You just win? You auditioned? No, or? no. Training day was, uh, you know, I had to, man, I grinded for that part, man. Uh, training day, I just, I went in, did my thing, and I just went in every day and just kept it real, man. You know, I just, I found, I found a niche where I was able to just keep it gritty, raw, and real and come in in a different way that worked for me. And I'll be real. I don't really want to give that up publicly. Right, right. Because other actors might be watching and steal my recipe. But uh, long story short, man, I just, uh, you know, I went in there just the the best way I could say it is raw, gritty, and real. Right. And, uh, you know, it was working. And, and, you know, so I was was blessed and able to get a lot of parts. And so. Well, obviously it has been working because. Shit, everybody sees you in all these movies. I'm like the Mexican Where's Waldo, you know? Right. right, right. <laughs> now, now, you ever see those memes? Somebody yeah, started... Yeah, they got so many of them out there, man. I, I can't keep up, G. Now, do you ever find those funny? I, I do. I find them funny. I, you, know, you know the saying, right? Well, first of all, just to clear this up, I don't lose no sleep over haters. Right. I can care less. Bro. Thank you. I, I, dude, it, it actually fuels me to keep wanting to do more and more, you know? So I lose no sleep over that. And uh, yeah, some of them are funny. Some are lame, but whatever. Right, right. But you know the same, bro. If you're not doing something, if they're not talking about you, you're not doing something right, you know? And the other one is, uh, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? And and this one guy said it best, though. You never want to be talked about in your life. Then be nothing, do nothing, and say nothing. If you never want to be talked about in your life, be nothing, do nothing, and say nothing. Stay a little hermit in a cave. And no one can ever talk about you because no one ever knew about you. Once you put yourself in the public limelight, whether it's in front of two people, a thousand people, or a million people, you're always going to be talked about no matter what. You're going to have lovers and haters, you know? Always. But what I love is the lovers outdo the haters. Absolutely. So that's enough fuel for me on both sides, you know? That's awesome, man. That's awesome, bro. And I'm a people's person, man. I love everyone, bro. I I, I love everyone. So, you know, I always say that, man. I just, I just, I'm a people's person. I love people. So absolutely. Because you know what? Um, You came in full of energy. We started talking toys. Yeah, our eyes didn't meet across a crowded room, bro. Well, you got Yoda in the gold chain, homie. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, you got Yoda right here in the gold chain. Like, is that stolen or from the pawn shop or what's Uh, up? Actually, I stole it from, uh, uh, where's that one store? (laughs) Fucking Kohl's. Yeah, there, <laughs> for clothes. Yeah, he was under a bunch of clothes, and I just right, right. His ass. But look, if you no, notice, that's clean. Bro. You don't have that's a lifesaver, so that's the only thing I didn't get. So they give me a ten percent discount at Kohl's. So, so, so now um, I'll tell you what's another dope movie, and what's I think up? my boy Big Citric had a little cameo part. Oh, Harsh Times, Harsh Times. Yeah, man, Big Big Citric's my boy, man. I got so much love for that cat. Um, yeah, we were blessed, man, to do Harsh Times. That movie was off the hook. Um, you know, I don't know why it didn't do as well as it I know. You know I believe it should have it, it just we we got advertisement last minute for it um what I loved about harsh times though I could tell you this it was one of David Ayer's passion projects hmm. so to be a part of one of his passion projects was a true blessing for me man because that was a movie that David Ayer really wanted to do at that time uh-huh. and really get it up off the ground and um you know for him to pick me to be in it was just like what all right cool so i got a lot of love for david Ayer, man that's dope man that's dope there was another one here that i wanted to bring up oh yeah the fucking purge anarchy oh. talk a little bit about that man I like so that the one. purge yeah the purge was a crazy ass film bro um that was funny bro so when i got the audition for that one i came in shirt off made my teeth black i came in all crazy for real I went a little off the deep end for that one. And uh, long story short, man, I just, I love that movie because, I'm, you know, I love doing movies that are 
you know, different. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I respect actors like Joe Pesci, who could play a different role in every movie he does. Tom Hanks, who could play a different, you know, as, as far as acting-wise, you know? Right, right. And um, people like that. So I'm trying to branch out and do different roles of uh, things that I could do that are now different and kind of out of the box, you know? So, you know, you get older, man. You just want to, even though I still, you know, I moisturize, you know, I, I, I got to exfoliate the skin, bro, stay fresh and young. But I want to I want to break out. You know, I don't want to do just gangster shit. I want right. to play a cop, a lawyer, um, different roles. You know what I'm saying? So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Man. Now, now, this might be a weird question, but I'm going to ask. Do you have fun when you do all this? Oh, it's 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 fun, bro. I, like I said, I think this is the funnest job ever for the simple fact that you never work in the same place. You always travel and you get to meet different people. There's no funner job than this, in my opinion, I, I believe. So, yeah, right. I have a lot of fun doing this stuff. Sometimes I trip out, man. I can't believe I'm doing this shit. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's crazy. It's like, and it's funny, too, because sometimes you work on a project, you'll get the red carpet, they'll pick you up at the house, and then once the movie's over, you're like, ah, oh, shit, back to normal life. <laughs> it's like you get treated like A-plus status, and then all of a sudden, when it's done, it's like, hey, we're done with you, man. Then you're like, damn, here I am back, back in my life, shack. Back to reality. <laughs> right, right. Okay, uh, let me see. Let me bring up another one. Uh, here we have uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah, let's not get personal, though. <laughs> nah, I'm playing, man. You know what's funny about Bruce Almighty? I like that movie for um, one reason, straight up, straight out, is that I got a chance to show my comedy side. I got a chance to show that I can, I can, you know, be funny and, and do something funny and like that or whatever. So, and it was crazy how they did that scene too, man. The way they did that scene was they had a cage with no door on it and they made an oversized pair of pants with Velcro on the back and an oversized shirt. So all they did was put the pants over a cage with no door on it and the pants had Velcro on it and the monkey came out on a sound cue. And that's how they, that's how they, uh, mm. that's how they filmed that. And all I had to do was the face part, like I'm taking a shit. <laughs> and uh, there you go, the monkey slid out. <laughs> I don't even go to the zoo no more, bro. It's that bad. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's talk about a little bit about. Uh, I got a new movie out right now where I play a whole different character called Psychopath. Yes. I just got to drop this right quick, and there I play a police officer. I got no goatee, no mustache. I got a full head of hair. I play a cop. It's a early 70s piece from like uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Halloween. So if you're a fan of those type of movies, then you should like this movie because it's similar to those. And uh, long story short, man, I just like I just like it for the fact that I play a different role in it. Uh -huh. So right now it's on Tubi TV, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's in Walmart on the shelf. Um, you know, go check it out on uh, Wash, Pluto TV, um, things like that. You can see that movie now as we speak. So, and that has, uh, I had to give it a shout out, man. That's with my boy Rampage Jackson. That's right. Rampage that's right. Yeah, with the UFC fighter, we made that movie together. So, that movie is off the chain, bro. You got to check that one out. You know, speaking of Mel Gibson, did you ever see that movie? I think, and I hope I don't get it wrong, I think it's called El Gringo. No, I never saw it. It was supposed. I never even heard of it. Yes, it, it didn't come out in the theaters. Oh, I, okay. I, I want to say El Gringo. If not, I'll look at it during break. Was he in it? But yeah, he started. Oh, in serious? It. Yeah, and it, I think it was filmed. Well, at least it made it look like he was. in This TV. was back in the days then. No, right? like oh, like, this was recent. like five years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, damn. Is that the name of it? El Gringo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, really? I gotta check it out. It was like he was I knew like a blood a, father, but not that one. He was like in a Mexican prison, bro. All right. Oh, dude, it's fucking hilarious, dude. Really? Yes. Like dude. hilarious, like lame hilarious, because the way like, it's shot, it's or serious? hilarious in the no, like it's fucking serious and hilarious. Like it's like a mix of comedy and it being serious, bro. But it's like a stupid hilarious or like a good hilarious. Where like you're you're recommending people like you should watch that. movie. You should watch that movie. Okay, gotcha. You should watch that. He's in a fucking he's in a fucking Mexican pen, and he's like, "There's nothing to eat. The food here sucks." He said, "You know, but I'm here with a bunch of Mexicans, and all we're listening to is a bunch of this shit, and they're fucking playing rancheras like in the background and shit." But uh, it's funny because I'm gonna uh, check it out. I'm gonna check it out. No, it's it's worth watching. I thought, like to me, that was one of his. I don't want to say his best films, but it was yeah, a fucking yeah. good flick. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. You're going to really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to check it out. Uh, and everybody who does because I usually recommend movies here. Watch that one, El Gringo. Yeah. And then let me see this one, The Street Kings. Oh, yeah, Street Kings. Yeah, that was another David Ayer flick. Um, you know, David likes doing a lot of cop stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Street Kings right there was a cool film to be a part of. I'm like, they're shooting outside or what? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> We're in the hood, homie. But, uh, yeah, long story short, man, Street Kings was a badass film. It was another crooked cop film. Uh, just of how, you know, cops run the streets, man. How cops are, some are gangsters and some aren't. So it was cool to be a part of that one. Okay. Uh, Hotel California? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that was a long time ago, man. I even forgot about that film, bro. <laughs> That's like you bringing up some of the black and white shit. Uh, <laughs> I all think good. that all, film all, was a silent good, film. Homie. Um, what about Lowriders? What can you tell me about that? Oh yeah, Lowriders was cool, man. Um, you know, it was cool to be a part of that film. It was it was cool to be uh, in a film with Brian Grazer and mm -hmm. Estevan and Cartoon wrote that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were a part of that. Um, I know Estevan, you know, was displeased with a few things on there, but uh, it was just cool to be a part of their journey and a part of that film was just it was cool to be a part of it. Awesome, awesome, man. Um, let me see. Oh, you know what? Now let me ask you this: Was there ever anyone that you work with and you don't have to say their names that was just like you know i thought that that guy's a fucking asshole it was one person only man and it was it was and i'll say his name i don't care it was rob schneider he was he was a dickhead man that guy was an unfriendly dude when i i did the movie animal right yeah he wasn't the friendliest cat at all in the world so he uh, was an adam sandler movie he was yelling at people on set. Really? Uh, yeah, like, and I'm talking to the top of his lungs, yelling at people like Head Turner. Uh, just a rude guy, man, straight up. Yeah, we didn't know oh. what his issue. The director didn't like him. The actors didn't. Nobody liked him, to keep it real. But nobody said shit because they didn't want to get fired either and kicked off the movie set. Wow. But, um, yeah, but other than that, though, I've been blessed in that area because I've worked with a lot of other actors and uh, never had a bad, like, thing or whatever. Like, they've all been cool, and I've, I've had... Nothing but friendly people, luckily. Okay, okay. Um, there was another one right here. Uh, okay, you already talked about... I was saving the a cycle's path. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I know I, I shot the gun on that one. No, no, well, I was going to save it for the <laughs> next one. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I had to get that in there, G. That's one of the producers right there, right there. Okay, I got Red Sands. I got Green Card Warriors. Yeah, those are um, though a lot of those movies are independent, you know, and uh, but it was funny. They're independent, but they had some good actors in there, you know. So now what they're starting to do is they're making more movies on DVD and Blu-ray sales than they actually are in theater. Okay. So a lot of movies now are going more so independent with stars attached. 
and they're making a killing, you know, and that's how that's how the business has changed and that's kind of where it's headed. So okay. now with this COVID and all that, you don't know how much theater traction you're going to get, which to me sucks because I still like the feeling of going to a theater, getting your popcorn and your junk candy and you know what I mean? But yeah, times are changing, so they're changing with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, now let me ask you this. What does Noel G do on a weekend since this COVID, this pandemic thing took off? Like, what do you do? Like, do you watch a lot of movies? Do you listen to a lot of music? Do you work out at home? Like, what does a weekend look like for you? Yeah, what was the question? What do I do on a weekend? Just Noel? Yeah, um, that's easy, bro. Christina, Julie, Stephanie, Erica, Veronica. No, I'm playing. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I know them. I know, right? No, I'm, I'm playing, dog. I'm playing. Um, nah, man. I don't, you know, now ever since this COVID deal, I've been uh, writing a script, and awesome. so I've been using this time as opportunity. I haven't really looked at this time as depression time. Right. <laughs> I've been looking at this time more so as opportunity time. You've been too busy. So, yeah, man. So I'm keeping busy, uh, staying busy, just working. And you know the blessing of, you know, what we do is we do get freedom. You know, we, 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 get, we, get, a, we get freedom. But not that I like that. You know, right. but it's also a scary thing sometimes because sometimes we work and then we don't, then we work, then we don't. So sometimes we're always like, damn, when's our next job or when's our next acting gig? You know, so we got to be clever on how we stretch our money and, you know, make it work. And that's why a lot of actors do side businesses like clothing lines and restaurants and things like that. But um, long story short, man, just I got a couple ideas that are cooking, you know, right now. Um, Psycho's Path was a movie that I produced, for example, out of my company, Entangled Entertainment. Yeah. So what do I do is I'm making new movies myself. I'm about to start my uh, website soon. Um, and uh, that's going to be coming out soon, too. And I'll be, sh you know, shooting that out later, whatever. Uh, in the middle of doing a documentary right now. Uh, that's why I was at when you said that. I want to talk to you about that after. And then uh, okay. the other thing is um, working on a movie. And, and just, you know, in between life, man, I'm a nerd now, bro. Like, I don't party like I used to. Like, you know, early days. So, okay, I, I'll, I'll give it to you like this and I'll make it short. Make it long. I'll make it short. Before getting married, I used to party and I knew where all the clubs were at Monday through Monday. Mm -hmm. I used to party, drink, act a fool and do all that dumb shit. Then I got married. Seven years of boring life. I straight up was Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farm and home. And then I just got a divorce in 2017, and now I went back to acting a fool. So now I'm kind of like in between, you know, Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm, and every now and then a club or a bar. Okay. So that's kind of so that that's means the short version. On the next 30 minutes, you'll drink with me? <laughs> I don't drink that much anymore, bro. My bad, dog. Well, well, every guest has to at least have one beer or one shot with me. So oh, we shit. have to have at least one toast. <laughs> okay. Now, I have to ask you... The Hector question. Ah, uh, here we go. Okay. So there's six movies, correct me if I'm wrong, six movies, and two of them are The Fast and the Furious, so there's five. Your name, Hector. Okay. So that's just a coincidence. That That's not something where I'm calling my manager and like, hey, man, if I'm not Hector, I'm not doing this next film. You feel me? That's just a coincidence. Like, Hollywood only knows two names for actors, Hector and Carlos. So the way it would work is that usually I would get a role or an opportunity for another movie or another television show. And I kid you not, 80% of the time, the role and the name for the role was Hector. Wow. And I would just book the role and it's just something that kind of naturally happened on its own. It's not like, you know, I'm out there once again, like, if it's not Hector, I ain't doing the movie. And right. that's how that kicked off, bro. So it just kind of stuck with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now I like it and now I'm actually pushing it. 
Because, you know, fuck it. If I'm known that much like Hector, I'm just going to keep that rolling. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. So that's what I'm doing. Now, did you ever look at the first script? Okay, Hector's cool. Then the second script. Okay, fucking Hector. The third script. Fuck Hector. Fourth script. Highway. Hector Travis. The fifth script. Come on. No mommy's way. Did you ever look at it that way? I did, man. I did. I, I was tripping out like exactly how you did it right there. Like I was tripping out like really again? Or is this like I was starting to think this was punked with Ashton Kutcher at a, you know, for a quick second. But now nah, long story short, man, it was just all coincidence straight up. All oh, coincidence. Yeah, oh, it's, just, it's the weirdest thing. But I get like funny little you know, I don't even know how to say it in my life. Curses or blessings in my life, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I just, it's funny. Like, acting started off on accident, like I told you. Like, right. straight up, straight out. That's awesome. Hector, you know, came up on accident. Like, none of this stuff was searched for or forced to happen. All of this stuff just kind of naturally happened. Yeah. Um, so, it's been a it's been an interesting life, you know? But it's a blessing, man, because... It, it is a blessing, and I'm not complaining at all, bro. Like, right. You know, it's... Some, yeah, it's you, a blessing. Part and of I don't take none of this lightly. Like, I say right. it in love, and I say it as humble as I can say it. I, I've been very fortunate in my life. Right. I mean, you, you're a part of a movie that made history. You're, yeah. you're going to be always connected to that. Um, now, is there anyone, like, for me being a DJ slash producer, now uh, my first documentary that I directed, and we're working on our second one, um, is there any actors that you would like to work with personally like there's a lot of producers and rappers that i would like to work with but is there any on there like yeah know? i got two left that i want to so i already knocked off a few of the bucket list items which is clint eastwood mel gibson um denzel washington two that i hope to get under my belt and i got to get them soon is uh robert de niro and al pacino awesome and uh you know that would be a blessing to be in a movie with them um if it happens, that's going to be a miracle from out of nowhere. If it doesn't happen, ah, so be it. I right. got three out of five, you know? Awesome. You know, like, uh, oh, we got a couple of minutes before we go to break. You already shared a little Another bit. break? Yes. Another, damn, another this guy don't break. play. Where's the snack table, G? Oh, the hot dogs and the popcorn are over there. Yeah, homie. I'm like, <laughs> man, you better come with craft service, homeboy. Aaron, he's, my brother's being licorice right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, Cheeseburgers or something. Exactly. No, Frozen. Um, so we had... Kalini Swood, you shared with us what he said about peace on the set. Now you had Mel Gibson, and then you have Denzel. What's one thing of each that you can say that you walked away with, maybe that you saw, that you learned, that they might have shared with Denzel, you? Denzel, um, what I walked away with him was that, you know, he uh, never wanted to be disturbed before we were about to get into the scene. You could tell that he was in a zone. He was really in a zone, and, like, it, you, you knew when he was approachable, and you knew when he was unapproachable. And you can just tell if you can read body language. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, that's one thing I learned about him. So what I walked away with him on was, uh, you know, preparation for a scene. And then Clint was a little different. I think being an old timer and uh, being in it so long, it just came so natural to him. Right. Him, uh, it was kind of weird because, and first of all, too, just so you know, he was directing the movie as right. well. So you didn't have time to really talk and chop it up with him because he's trying to act slash direct. Right. But uh, Clint was just real mellow. You could talk to him, and then when it was time for action, it was time for action. He was on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, there's no better teacher than being in the middle of the action. That's what I always tell people because you see it right there in your face as opposed to being taught. 
And so I, I got to see things right there in my face because I'm right there on set. You know, I'm, right. I'm watching behind the camera. I'm on camera. I'm in the rehearsal rooms. I'm doing the table reads. Right. And that's how you just naturally start to pick up and learn and, and be like, oh, that's how they do this. And that's how they do that. And I would have never thought of it like that. Okay. And uh, long story short, man, like I, I've been blessed to learn a lot, you know, in my business of things. But I'll tell you this last thing. And I know we got to go to break. No, it's okay. Got I got to minutes. meet. Okay, I'll make this quick. I got to meet George Clooney one time. And I asked George Clooney, I said, if you could tell one thing to an actor, what would it be? I never forget his answer. He said, I would know everything about everything. I would know everything from craft service to renting the trailers even, to wardrobe, to producing, to everything. He knows. He goes, you know why? Because when you know at least a piece of everything about the business you're in, nobody can run game on you. Wow. That's what George Clooney said. And wow. I was like, and so I took that. I was like, damn. So he basically said, no, everything about everything, or at least a little bit about everything that you're in, so you at least know somewhat of what people are talking about so you can never be ran game on awesome awesome anything on mail uh what do you mean on mail gibson oh man i did I, I was on pause bro i think that's the first time i ever paused in my life as a human being bro wow. I, I don't think i was like stuck on stupid yeah, no, yeah we, okay. we talked a little bit but not nah, cool cat you know what was weird about that i did a movie with mel gibson and then three months later i did a movie with his son milo gibson really and lawrence fishburne yeah so okay, I was, we'll, I was we'll talk a little bit about that when we come. Back. And I told Milo, I was like, "What's up? I just work with your dad." He's like, "Yeah, he told me about you." I was like, "He talked about me? What?" Dope, <laughs> so yeah, dope, dope. okay. Intermission, intermission. We'll be back. We'll get us some licorice hot dogs Man. and uh, popcorn over there, and uh, we're also gonna get a lap dance. I ain't mad as long as it's not from you. We straight. No, uh, I got two midgets coming in. That's what's up. But anyways, everybody, once again, call somebody, <laughs> take somebody, pay somebody. Break a bottle of somebody's fucking head and let them know that no LG's in the motherfucking building. Uh, go get yourself some uh, popcorn. Get ready. Slap your girl and her ass. And uh, let her know we about to get wild up in this B.I.H. John, take us away. Uh, we're back now at the Golden Shower Hour here on Rodeo Radio with the podcast Left Your Crotch a Fat Ass with a Fat Dick. And we'll be back. We are back with no LG. No LG, how you doing? What up, what up, G? Why, why you got to talk about dick so much, bro? What's up, dog? Well, usually <laughs> girls like that. Uh, you know. I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding. But anyways, other than that, Get the Gringo was the name of the movie. Okay, I got to check that Get out. Get the Gringo yeah, yeah, yeah. with Mel Gibson. What, what, what did I say before? White Gringo or? El Gringo. No, no, no. But I'm going to fix you up a shot. And you were talking to me about uh, Mel Gibson's son. And uh, what was the other guy's name? Was it Morgan Freeman? Milo Gibson and Milo Gibson. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, the guy who played the dad in Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it was funny. I did a movie with Mel, and then like three months later, I did a movie with his son. So okay. that's pretty much it. I mean, tell us. I haven't forgot. Well, I forgot the name of the movie, man, to be straight up. I forgot the name of the flick. I, uh, we shot it in. Uh, I even forgot where we shot it. Like, what I try to do, man, sometimes is I do a movie and then I just forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah, because you think about them and it will kill you if you think about it and think about it. So I just like I just like do it, forget about it, move on to the next. Okay. Now, some of the roles that you've done where you've had extensive, long acting roles, uh, is it easy for you to remember your lines? At first, it wasn't like straight up, straight out. It was pretty hard. But when you do rehearsal and you know what the scene's about and you've been doing it for so long, then it becomes easy to memorize your lines. Okay. So the way that you do it is like you break down a scene and when you know what it is you're supposed to be talking about 
and you know where the scene is supposed to go, it's easy to memorize. So I've got pretty, uh, you know, you work out a technique, you know, if you've been doing it for so long. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, those movies that you said you forgot about. Um, now, as a producer, I well, because some come out, some don't. You know what I'm saying? So some of them you just do, and you just like, oh, okay, I'll see it when I see it, or hear about it when I hear about it. Right, right. Yeah. So that's a good problem to have. Okay. <laughs> you know. And, I mean? and you know what? That's what I was going to go to, because as a producer, I've done albums that for some reason got shelved, never came out. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Now, in the movie industry, have you done movies that maybe we may not know about that got shelved? Um. Yeah, probably to keep it 100. There's some movies that I did. Uh, you know, to keep it real, it's kind of funny. I did 18 movies with Danny Trejo. And 18? 18, bro. And some of those, I'm not going to lie, he'll even tell you probably. But yeah, some of them were just straight up dog shit. You know what I mean? It's it's sometimes you got to just... I'm, I'm just being real, you know? Some some were good, some were bad. You know, just not every movie you do is going to be a winner. You know what I mean? Right now, when you said dog shit, you know what that reminded me of? No, but you're going to tell me. Yes. Cheeching Chong is dog shit. Oh, yeah. We're smoking dog shit. That's what's up, man. <laughs> yeah. I got a homie who makes the Lego pieces, uh, uh -huh. Build a Brick, and it's crazy, man. Like, you, he just came out with the Cheeching Chong ones. No and, shit. Yeah, and I just got it at the last Comic Con I was at, so I was tripping out. Like, all right. You know, uh, you know, I'm gonna throw my brother under the bus real quick. Oh, the the, the guy that you at, were talking dog? to, yeah, yeah. Okay, this guy gets San Diego Comic Con tickets every fucking year. Uh huh. And every year, Tony, I got you. I'm gonna take you because you know now it's almost nearly impossible to fucking get in. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take you. Just you. sneak it through the you. back, dog. Well, you're gonna have to get me in, homie. Okay. And uh, I got low friends in high places, man. I'll make it happen. That'll work. Tony, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> and then every fucking year, oh, you know, I'm taking this check, Tony. Oh, he did you like every that? Every day. That's why year. you just go to Staples, homie. You just make a copy of the pass. You win, dog. I'm going to have to do that. Then. Yeah, gee, come okay. on. I think like a Latino. Yeah, and on the pass, what I put, Hector? <laughs> on the on the fine print, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's take a little quick shot, bro. Ah, you're killing me, dog. All right, I'm gonna try to do what I can. Let's you, do we it. We gotta right. tell something. I'm, 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 I'm gonna try Hector. to. I'm gonna try to do it. He didn't hear a damn word I said, but all right. I cheated a little bit. <laughs> I saw that. That was good acting. <laughs> hey, there, there you go. There you go. Okay. Now, during this pandemic, have you been doing any filming? Stop calling me. I got someone calling my uh, phone while I'm on live. Like, anyways. What happened? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say it again. Say it again. Now, was that real or was that acting? No, that was real. But oh, okay. uh, someone bugging me like they don't get it. But go ahead. Um, during this pandemic, have you been doing any type of filming? I know you said you've been. No, it, this pandemic screwed everything up. So I was in the middle of uh, was about to do four projects. And uh, long story short, man, it just it just jacked things up. So this pandemic just messed everything up. OK. OK. Yeah. Now, now, I know your manager and your boy were telling me you're working on something comedy. Uh oh, I'm doing a well. I, I can't really say it here okay. publicly or whatever because it's kind of like you know there's non-disclosure forms on that. Mm -hmm. But it's the the best way I could say it is it's a Latino hood comedy. Oh sure. Yeah, so like a Mexican version of Friday. Dope. Yeah, so we're working on putting that together. I think the Latinos need one on the map. So dope, that's dope. about the most I can say on that. Now let me ask you. Now this question just for me. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What type of music do you listen to, man? Man, you know what? I'm still stuck on Tupac, G. I, no I, shit. Yeah, Tupac is my dude. Like, I can't let him go. My boy got a live interview. This guy right here, P-Funk. He got a live interview with Tupac. Like, that's my G right there, man. Like, I'm still stuck on Tupac. You know, he's still alive, bro. 
I believe that, bro. I believe he's on a little island somewhere. Yeah, somebody told me think he's in Cuba. Yeah, he came back as a hologram, so who knows, you know? Yeah, but... you just never know these things. <laughs> nah, I'm playing, but yeah, I'm stuck on Tupac, man. That's my G right there. Okay. Uh, but no. I like all music, you know? Bone Thugs and Harmony, uh, Tupac, DJ Quick. Like, I'm old school. I like all that stuff, you okay. know? Now, since we're on the Tupac uh, question, what, if you have one, what is one of your favorite Tupac songs? If you have one. Um, California Love. Okay. You know? Uh, America's Most Wanted, um, the Gangster Party, yeah, a lot, a lot, man. All of his songs, pretty much, but those are like you know right, the right, top right. hits. You know, okay. I like how Fifty Cent came in too. You know, I like Fifty Cent stuff where he came in. I, I like that he was one of the first artists ever to put a lot of hits on one album, as opposed to just like I'm going to make one or two great hits and then the rest of the songs be whatever. So I like how he kind of came in with his thinking and did his did his thing. So okay. Uh, um, mine, I love so many tears. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I like that one too. That's my uh, shit. Yeah, that that song is good too. Yeah, hell that's yeah, my shit, man. I'll play that all so, day long. So now, uh, do you have anything lined up? Once this shit clears up, are you gonna be back on the camera? Um, yeah, I got a couple projects in the mix. So once this is done, I had like three projects that, like four projects that I was I was already set to do four projects, wow. but this COVID pushed them back. And uh, long story short, when this COVID thing is over, they're already talking about re-going. So there's some things as of right now that are lined up. One that I'm trying to put together during this time is my documentary. So I'm okay. working on that. So yeah, I got some things popping off. That's gonna be awesome, bro. Yeah, That's yeah. Be awesome. I mean, cause the story- You try to keep it moving, you know? That's the blessing about this business is you can always be so different. You can always do something out of the box, you know what right. I mean? You could do something here and something there, and it all, it all falls in the same category of Hollywood. Okay, okay. I asked a lot of rappers this. Uh, if there's any other any producers you would like to work with, uh, who would they be? Now, as an actor, I'd like to ask you, is there any directors out there that you would like to work oh, with? Oh, I mean, there's a lot, man. I can, I can name drop a whole list. So, you know, that's a hard one to get into. But, yeah, there's a lot of directors I'd want to work with. Give me one. Like, you know, just, oh, man, Martin Scorsese, oh, the, yeah. all the greats, you know, Steven Spielberg, like... You always want to do a movie that's under one of their belts just to have that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would, you know, I got blessed, man. It was kind of, it was kind of a surprise to me. So harsh times. Yes. I was in The Dark Knight Rises. I had a little cameo in there, and it was because of Christian Bell in the movie Harsh Times. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Harsh Times, I worked with Christian Bell for about two weeks. Uh, we, you know, became homies, whatever. And I remember I get a call for Dark Knight Rises, and long story short. Um, I emailed him and I said, hey, man, I got an audition for Dark Knight Rises Batman. And he goes, don't go into the audition. He got back to me. He said, don't go on the audition. I said, all right, cool. And then like two months go by. And I was thinking, damn, I should have went to the audition because I didn't hear nothing. Long story short, I got the uh, the part. Right. And I got to work with the director of Dark Knight Rises. And I can't believe I don't remember his name right now. Do you guys remember his name? Chris something. I think it was Chris something, but he's a famous director. Okay. And he's one of the ones that you want to work with. Right. And I never forget my experience with him, and I'll make it short. I did the scene three times. Never even met this guy yet. Talked to him. He never even introduced himself to me. And I was like, what? So finally, I came up to him after the third time, and I said, hey, what's up, man? I go, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Noel G. I go, it's awesome to be on your movie set. I want to thank you for having me. I go, I just got one question, and I'll get out of your hair. I said, um, I did the scene three times already. 
And I go, you're the, you're, you're the director of the film. I go, you haven't told me nothing, you know, on what to do or not do. And I never forget what he said. He goes, no news is good news. Keep on getting back over there and do what you're doing. Chris we did, Chris Nolan. Yeah, Chris Nolan, famous director, you know. So to work with him was a blessing. So long story short, we, um, I said Chris, I just didn't know his last name. Uh, long story short, I did the scene two more times, called it a day, said go home. No shit. Yeah, and Chris Nolan is one of those directors that you want on your resume. He's right, right. he's one of those top dogs that you know when you work with Chris Nolan, it's um, it's something serious. Right. And I remember that set was so high key that to keep away from paparazzi, they called the movie Rex because so many paparazzi was uh, trying to come and get pictures on that set and trying to do things on that set. So to keep people away, to make it not known that it's right. a Batman set, right. they had Rex with the Tyrannosaurus Rex on it to make it look like it was some whatever dinosaur movie. And it was just funny as hell. But yeah, man. So being on that side, I learned a lot too on how they hide things, you know, or try guys, to hide things. What did you guys film that at? Uh, right here in downtown LA. I, I, I filmed right there in the in the ditch, homie. They made it look like Gotham. They put a Cholo in Gotham City. No shit. Yeah, dog. Since, since you said a cholo in Gotham City, here's what I'm going to be praying for. That somehow they put a cholo in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, dog. I want, I want, I well, want. Well, then we had, we had Jimmy Smith's in there, right? That's not close enough? No, no. We had another guy. He's, he, we had one Mexican guy in Star Wars since the beginning. His name was Chewie. Chewie? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He just had one line. Oh. That's funny, bro. Yeah, that's it. But, you know, I want Hector. You stole my joke, dog. No, this is Spencer. I, I want to see Hector in outer space. I know, right? No, this ain't Friday the 13th, bro. Like, <laughs> they said Jason takes Manhattan or whatever. And not, May no. the foreskin be with you. Right, it's, right. I know. <laughs> that's funny, bro. Anyways, man, so you can take another sip or you're going to baby. Because everybody, he's babysitting his drink, you guys. Yeah. No, I don't okay. drink, man. I'm so trying I, to keep it gangster. I love my boy. Guy. I love my boy, Tony, man. But so. I can't do hard liquor straight up, man. I, can't, mm -hmm. I just don't drink, dog. I kind of. Alright. So if you guys see him drinking the movies. I gotta make history on your show, bro. I got there has to be at least one who denies your drink, bro. I'm, yeah. a, I'm gonna make history, bro. Sorry. Sorry. I still love you though. I hope All good, my brother. Nothing personal. Now now here's a goofy question. Uh, on the set, when they have um Here bro, I'll take a shot. <laughs> this, I got tequila still in here. <laughs> uh, you wanna water it down? <laughs> no. Hmm. On the set, when dudes be drinking, you know, because they always make the fucking drinks look so beautiful. You know, um, is that real liquor that they be using? No, it's apple juice, okay. uh, grape juice. Um, they don't, you know, it's kind of crazy. The ice cream is mashed potato uh, because ice cream melts real rapidly underneath the lights. Uh, so they get real tricky. You know, milk is glue, uh, stuff like that. It's Some of the food is fake. Some of it's real. They spray it to make it look like it's brand new, shiny or whatever. Probably like Aquanet. Or whatever, dog. Yeah, they put like I, I never really pay attention to that because right, I'm right. just like whatever. But but then then some of it is real, you know, okay. because there's scenes where it require eating, and so. But if you notice, like if you really 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 watch a film, you'll notice that actors will eat like maybe just one French fry at the most, or they'll play with their food, and sometimes they don't really really eat because you have to eat like 15 dimes in 15 different takes, and that gets a little like uh, after a while. 
So sometimes they have spit buckets on the side or, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. They just got food ready to go for scene after scene after scene. Wow. You, you know what's funny? I watched that movie, Man on Fire, which is one of my favorite oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, lo- yeah, I love Man on Fire. And him and Mickey Rourke, I yeah. guess, were in Mexico at a taco stand. Right, right. And I was watching that scene over and over and over. And I'm thinking, okay, this guy is actually making the tacos look good. And here's what he did. Uh, uh, it was Mickey Rourke and uh, it's the Denzel. And they have a taco and he's taking pieces of meat. And I noticed that Denzel, when Mickey Rourke's talking, he's always licking his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, that shit is like, se está like I want to eat something like that. And then when Denzel talks, the other guy's licking his finger like, almost <laughs> like the shit's like delicious. And I know it's all a part of acting. And I was like, wow, I just noticed that. That I mean, when do you ever eat tacos and lick your fingers? I, I hear you. I hear you. you know? I know. It, and that's what I'm telling you. It's so funny because when you got to keep on eating and eating and eating, it's just you find clever ways to make it look like you're eating. Right, right, right. And that's, that's basically the Now, catch. have you ever been hit with a project where like, okay, we want his ass to lose weight? I, I've never, ever got that, man. I've never had a project yet where I had to you know, do something like, like Tom Hanks did in Castaway, for example, where when he was stuck on the island, they actually stopped filming for six months so he can lose weight to look as skinny as he did for the scene where it came back four years later. But I've never had anything like that. You know what I mean? Yet they just take me as is. What was that movie? Uh, I think it was the only one I really did that for maybe was Psycho's Path. That's where I had to look a little different where... I gained a little bit of weight in that one, and I had again no mustache, goatee, and a full head of hair. So that one was where I looked a little nothing like I do right here. Now, full head of hair? Did you grow it out? Or did you just no, it was a wig? wig. It was a wig straight okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever wear? They wig? tried to make me look like Ponch and Chips, you know. So we we did the best we could. Do you ever wear wigs <laughs> just to be you know low key? Nah, never, never. I, I'm 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 blessed, man. I'm on a medium level, you know. Sometimes I'm recognized, sometimes I'm not. It's not yeah. like The Rock or Kevin Hart where I got to go out in disguise like that. But right. but like I said, I'm a people's person anyway. You know, I've never in my life uh-huh. said no to someone who's asked for a picture. So and I never will, you know. So I I'm, I'm a people's person and. You know, sometimes I, sometimes, like I said, I, I get no- noticed and sometimes I don't, you know? Okay. Do you do a lot of rap music videos other than the ones you mentioned? Like today, do you? No, get- no, no, no. Just if I get asked to be in a music video, do a cameo or whatever, then it, then there it is, you know? But no, nah, it's, it's not really a lot of that. You ever tried rapping? Huh? Yeah, I rap, dog. Really? I just never, yeah, I got a video out there. You guys can watch it on godsters.com. Godsters.com with a Z. So it's like instead of keeping a gangster, keep a godster. So it's G O D S T E R Z, godsters.com. And then you can go see my music video right there where I rap. Now, where you rap, you're not talking about rapping presents, rapping tamales, just. I do that too, bro. Oh, Come okay. on, I'm universal, homie. Better catch up. <laughs> oh, good, man. So now, what can people in 2025, 2020s uh, okay, we're almost halfway done through. Well, my new movie coming out, bro. What they can watch for right now is two things. I got something on Netflix right now as we speak with Nikki Jam. Okay, uh, it's Nikki Jam's documentary that was uh, directed by my boy Jesse Torero and uh, casted by his brother Ulysses. And uh, long story short, man, you could check that out. It's with Nikki Jam. It's his documentary. Um, so that's on Netflix right now as we speak. Uh, got another movie on Netflix right now as we speak called Beyond Skyline. It's an alien movie. You can check that. It's with Frank Grillo. And then my new movie coming out is uh, Tax Collector. 
And that's going to be a good one with Shia LaBeouf, George Lopez, uh, Conejo, the rapper's in there. No shit. Yeah, he's up in the mix. Um, who else is in there? Uh, and some tell, other cats. Tell us a little bit about that movie, can you? It, well, yeah, I mean, Tax Collector. I don't know too much about it, but it's another David Ayer project. Okay. Um, but it's coming out soon, though. It's gonna. It's right around the corner here. They're starting to advertise it. So you can check me out on that one, Tax Collector. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that one's going to be off the hook, man. It's a David Ayer project, so you can't go wrong. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, I think Conejo, uh, much respect to Conejo. He hasn't Conejo's given, my homie. Shout out. He hasn't given me a, a date, but he's supposed to be on here. Oh, that's what's up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, uh, well, he'll tell. He's up in the he's up in the movie, Tax yeah, Collector. Yeah. A lot of people tell me, when are you going to cut like hold the fuck up. He he helped out too, man, with a lot of um he helped out too with like a lot of the consulting on it and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so not only is he in it, but he's done a lot of consulting behind and I'm sure he probably got some music on there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't I, know I wouldn't doubt it. On his Instagram he posted a couple of pictures. And he there. plays a crazy part up in that mix. Uh, you're gonna see him in you're gonna see him in a different type of character. Now, is there any part this might be an off the wall question. Go ahead. You won't play. Uh yeah. I to each his own, no judgment. To each his own once again. But I will not play a gay role and I will not dress up as a woman in anything like that. That's just there's even something where Dave Chappelle talks about some of that stuff on YouTube. Right. Where he's never dressed up. He's like, just I'll be the black man that does not do the girl role. Again, to each his own. Right, right. No judgment, but just for me, I you know, I wouldn't do it. So and you know what the sad thing is that people would probably even take that offensive. And you're just being honest. It's almost like today. Truth is the new fucking hate speech. Like, you just cannot be honest I, without somebody getting mad. You got to be you, bro. I, I don't care what people think anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's just, you, you got to be you, bro. Like, that's why I said the thing earlier, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You right. know what I'm right. saying? If you do it, they hate you. If you don't do it, they still hate you. You can't win if you're winning, lose if you're losing. Yeah. It just yeah. is what it is, you know? I know it's a it's a jacked up world nowadays, but. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a picture of you after. But I'm old school, so I don't yeah. you know what I mean? I'm going to take a picture of you after, and I'm going to build an altar here in the studio. And me and all my homies, what we're going to do, we're going to pray that you be in a Star Wars movie. That's you so you got to be the second Mexican other than Chewie. Hey, that's, on the, okay. that's funny, Okay, bro. I would love to do Star Wars, bro. I'd have a heart attack doing that, dog, because Star Wars is, is the shit. It's you the know shit, stuff. Like, yeah, dog. Now, other than... I went to Star Wars Land so quick when it opened up in Disneyland. That's, oh, that guy, he had passes. I, I was there. I got passes, G. Like, I was there, dog. I was like, what? Did they play the Cantina song? Uh, no, I know, right? Nah, they didn't. But Star Wars, it was cool, right? Yeah, yeah it's cool. Doc. Would you ever get a table dance with the Cantina song from an alien? Mm, yeah, why not? I'll try some new shit. Why not, though? Okay, now. <laughs> live on the edge. Other than Star Wars, what's one of your favorite sci-fi movies that you would throw on? <sighs> I don't know, man. Um, I you know, Back to the Future would that be considered sci-fi a little bit I or not? Kind of, because yeah. it's Back to the yeah, maybe that. I watched Back to the Future like thirty thousand times. Um, I don't know, Star Wars, Terminator. I'm old school, man. I you know, it's 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 kind of funny because nowadays, just to keep it one hundred, I don't think they make movies like they used to mm -hmm. back in the day. So if you catch a good one now, you're lucky. You feel me? Yeah. And um, so nowadays, it's kind of funny, man. Like. You know, and now, too, to be honest with you, and I'm just keeping it 100. Um, that's the only way I know how to keep it. But I'm just saying is I don't watch a lot of movies nowadays anyways because there's just too much to watch. Okay. It's so oversaturated now. Every day someone's telling me about a new show that came out on Netflix. I didn't even watch the one you told me about last week. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, there's just too much shit to watch now. You can't keep up anymore. 
Right. You right. just can't, bro. Mine, you know which one I, I throw on every few months? No, like, but you're going to tell me. Yes. What? Stargate. Oh, Star, you know, I, I was never a fan of Stargate, bro. Not, not the series, the movie. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I love yeah. that fucking movie. I, really? Yes. Maybe I got to watch it and give it another chance because I never really saw it, saw it. But when I first watched it, I, I wasn't into it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I got to check it out. I got to uh, check it out. Oh, I, I guess because I love, like, Egyptology so much. Yeah. So they, that, like, when they went fucking outer space and there were pyramids there. Okay, you know okay. I got to check it out. I got to check it out. Now, uh, name me one of the last dope horror movies you've seen one of the last dope what horror movies oh horror movies not horror movies man one of, yeah i know i was like i was like porno what's what are we getting into now midget porn animal porn no, what's not really keeping going up on? with the kardashians not I that <laughs> i got you i got you i know my movie right psychospath i was yeah. the, no, <laughs> um i just gotta keep on plugging psychospath watch it watch it but uh no check it out um i you know what what was one of the last good horror movies i watched you know, I'm still a fan of Exorcist to this oh day, bro. Oh, my God. Keep I was just real. thinking that, bro. I don't think any movie has ever... You, you, okay, I'll give you a, a, a fun fact. Here's a fun fact. Keep it 100. So I've been a horror geek my whole life. Awesome. I've, I've loved horror movies since day one, right? Awesome. So let me give you a fun fact here that's real spit, real talk. Not one movie has made me jump or scream or scared me ever. I didn't jump on any movie. Like, you could even Exorcist. I didn't jump on nothing. There's only one movie that scared the shit out of me in my whole life, ever, out of all the horror movies I've ever watched. And I'll tell you which one it is. Fun fact is Poltergeist Part 2. That old man, I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who walks and walks up to the door. And that guy was motherfucking freaky, homie. Like, and he. And the part at the door when he's like, let me in. Right, right. You know, because right, right. I'm your friend. And I, with Craig T, I, that dude, there's no movie that's ever scared me in my life. Hey, I dude. kid you not, as God is my witness, no lie, no joke, other than Poltergeist 2 because of that old man. Uh, uh, did you ever see that movie? I fuck, I hope I don't get it wrong. I just know it's not Salem's Lot. Fuck, I think it's called. Uh, no, not. Uh, I was gonna say Salem's Lot, but it's a different one. I'll remember it. But it's an old man that carries a fucking casket by himself. Old eighties movie. That one really freaked me out. Uh, Phantasm. Oh, Phantasm. You know what's funny? I worked with that dude, man. That old man? I, I did. Yeah, I did a movie with him, man. Um, what was it? Gangs of the Dead. It's a zombie movie. Check that one out. Gangs of the Dead. And I got a scene with that guy and worked with that cat. Yeah. Oh, the star shit. of Phantasma. You know who's another guy that yeah, I like yeah, to meet? Yeah. He's a cool cat. He's, he's cool in real life. You ever met Martin Landau? Nah. Uh, he did, uh, fuck, he, he did so many classic movies. But uh, you ever see Ed Wood with, uh, um, it's the, um, um, what the fuck's it? Johnny Depp. No, I never checked that okay, out. Okay. It was about one of the world's, oh, well, Hollywood's worst director uh -huh. a guy named uh ed wood and johnny okay. did plays them they actually did a black and white movie oh no i gotta check and that martin one out. landau plays bella lagosi okay okay amazing he, he does an amazing job i'll check but it out he looks fucking creepy in that fucking movie bro so but, you know you know you know what's funny right about johnny depp he was in the first nightmare on elm street you remember yes 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 up, yeah yeah so he was up in that joint that's a good one that's a good one uh <laughs> Um, and I ran out of questions to ask you. So you're not down to sip on that? <laughs> but nah, I can't, dog. I I'm gonna keep putting him on the spot. You know? I know, okay. my bad, man. I can't do it. Okay. Come so on. so nah, funny story. So what happened was 
I'm gonna start another one. Before 2008, okay. um, I used to drink a lot, really? and then in 2008 when I got married, I stopped drinking, and I didn't drink for seven years, not even a sip, didn't even touch it, didn't even look at it. I stopped smoking weed, everything. And then when I got a divorce, it kind of hit me hard to keep it 100. And then in 2015, I started drinking again. Mm. But the difference was before 2008, I used to drink a lot, lot, lot. But then in, I was sober for seven years, never even took a sip once again, never even touched it, looked at it, smelled it, nothing, wasn't even around it. And then um, when I got the divorce in 2015, I started drinking again, but now light. I just drink off and on, you know? I, if I have a girl, whatever, I'll sit, but I, I just, I don't know. I just kind of lost the taste for it. So, oh, okay. Well, don't and I haven't me. smoked weed since 2008. Well, don't let me be a bad influence. But no, no, I ain't tripping, dog. You, we all make our own decisions at the end of the day. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm going to hold back. No, say it, say it. No, I don't no. care. I mean, you almost like announced the divorce like if it was a movie release or party oh. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No, no. You're like, well, I got divorced. And I'm, no, but all good, homie. All good. Uh, you know what? Let me give a shout out to my boy, Mini Micheladas, my boy Blasto. He sponsors me. If you ever want to drink a Michelada, this is the shiznit right here. That's what's up. That's yeah, what's up. As a matter of fact, I'm coming out with my own drink. Uh -huh. It's uh, vodka and prune juice. Okay. Yeah, it's the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. That's funny, bro. Say that again right here for the peeps. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, coming out my own drink, Rodian Radio uh, uh, drink, is vodka and prune juice. It's the shiznit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say through a bottle. Literally. Literally, homie. You'll be buzz sitting on the toilet. So, <laughs> all good, That's homie. what's up. Now, at this time, it's yes, time sir. to say goodbye. All right, all right. Uh, M-I-C-K-U-I? No, anyway. Ah, there's always a goodbye. Here it is. Yes. Any shout outs you want to give? You want to give it a shout out to yourself? You want to make um, a movie? No, I just say, again? I, you know, I just, I keep my shout out simple. Uh, number one is, you know, follow my Instagram, actor Noel G. Uh, give me a follow right there. Uh, second shout out, man, is to you. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was awesome that uh got to come through, man. Very cool people, man. Thank you for, I'm always blessed, man. I, you know, I always tell people, if you can't give a good message to two people privately, you don't deserve to be in front of a thousand people publicly. So I, what that means is I don't take any interview lightly. You know, it's always a blessing to be asked to be interviewed and want to speak or whatever. So that's why I want to thank you, bro, for having me. Like, sincerely, man, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for having me. Awesome, bro. Um, it's always good, too, to know, like, sometimes people are still interested in you. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, man, thank you to you. And then my last shout out is always to God, God first. And I always say the rest will work itself out. So Awesome. What about P-Funk? That's it. Oh, these are all my boys, man. They know what's up, man. That's P-Funk, my publicist right there. These are my homies who all bow down clothing right here. Uh, you got to get their stuff. I'm wearing their shirt right here on the interview. Bow down clothing. Get their mask right now. That's what's up. That's it. Um, yeah, they got masks right now that are off the hook with the filter and everything in there. No so, yeah, only 20 bucks, man. You know what I mean? Get it for a present for someone that you, you have one to show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you guys going to be coming out with so, any wrestling masks? I know, right? We yeah. should, huh? The, yeah, the exactly. natural Libra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I need so one of those. These are, uh, yeah, 20 bucks, bro. Okay. No, okay. I'm playing. <laughs> we make our first sale right here. Yeah, because every time bro. I go to Food for Less, they need to get a mask. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, of course, they're going to bless you with one. Hell yeah. yeah. There you go, G. mascara. Yeah, dog. And then bow down right here, dog. Get a shout out. Make sure, right oh, there. shit. These are bandana style. <laughs> make sure you guys get these. Hell yeah. 
There so, you guys go. Bow down clothing. Get your mask. Get your hell mask. Yeah, I need one of these right That's here. What's up? I don't want to give them all away before Jesse freaks out. Uh, oh, yeah. Here you guys go, G. That's what's up, man. Love. You know, the dope thing about these masks is that whenever you want to throw a midnight creep, you throw these on and nobody recognizes you. Whenever you want to rob a liquor store, you want to be part of the looting, you just make sure you have one of your bow downs. One of, one of your bow downs. <laughs> and if anybody tells you who are you, just say your name is Jesse. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then run for the hills. <laughs> exactly. So other than that, let me go ahead and give my shout-out. Let me thank Noel G. And we're going to be praying for him to be on the new Star Wars movie. We want to see Hecker <laughs> in outer space. So uh, other than that, uh, let me give a shout-out to my boy, John motherfucking Elkins. Uh, he just released his anal bleach today. His anal bleach came out today. So if your anal's a little dark, <laughs> it'll bleach it away. Okay? Uh, he actually has a scented uh, uh, wax. So many of you women got a Chewbacca. Uh, you can just wax it away. Uh, and other than that, you can go to his website, johnmotherfuckingelkins.com. You can download his nude pictures. And I'm the one that took them. So uh, they're great. <laughs> Believe me, they're great. And if any men want to be waxed, make sure you guys hit him up, jme.com, uh, johnmotherfuckingelkins.com, and he'll wax you for free. Only if you purchase the wax first. Other than that, it's also coming out with uh, women perfume. Okay. Uh, DG Daniel uh, Media Clips. Thank you for taking pictures. Let me give a shout out to my boy, Roger, Roger Mera, who got stuck out in Peru. We told your ass not to go. Roger! It, even people told you not to go. And you got stuck in Peru. So now you're fucked on me. But you know what? We welcome you back with open arms 2021. So you got a couple of more months. So uh, the publicist, your name, brother? JG3. Jin G3. Did I get that right? JJ3. JG3. Okay. Jesse, bow down. Chicano Rap Magazine, right? That's it. Yeah. Chicano Rap Magazine. Hey, you know what? If you're Chicano, put that motherfucking brown fist up in the motherfucking air. Okay. It's about that time. It's about that fucking time. You know why? Because we matter too. We go through the same shit that everybody fucking goes through, homie. So keep that motherfucking fist up, okay? And let me tell you something. We have a voice, okay? Stay blessed. And let me tell you something. You, I was going to say the word shocked, but you're going to be hell of a surprised uh, when you find out who I have coming in Sunday. So believe me, don't get your panties in a bunch. Wait till tomorrow morning and I'll post a flyer on my Instagram, on my um uh, Facebook and on the YouTube story. And before I leave, I got to give a shout out to my brother, the spice smuggler. He's selling refurbished dick pumps. So for all you guys <laughs> in the quarantine, uh, if you guys want to give a couple of jaladas, hit him up at spicesmuggler.com and my son be scandalous for helping me promote this shit. Uh, my son be scandalous. And you know what? We mother in the motherfucking building. No LG. Yes. Hope to see you in outer space, homie. All love, G. That's what's Hell up, yeah. man. The Rhodium Show in the house. Hell yeah. Hector. Yes, sir. We out of here.